0: What's up what's up what's up good to be back on the podcast with you all i am solo tonight your host matt thomas and this is hoopsology in the lab been a while how you guys been hope you all are doing well justin and i have been great as many of you have been busy kind of over the holiday break period and starting this year Justin and I have had a lot of stuff going on in our own individual personal lives that have been very positive things. Um, For example, I've been doing some coaching on the basketball side of things uh, outside of just podcasting. So um, that's been keeping me busy along with a lot of other stuff. I think I mentioned on one of the other episodes of the podcast that we got a dog uh, just before Christmas. We got a puppy. So that's been fun form my family but man it's good to be back good to be back talking some hoops um there's been some good things it it was also you know kind of incidentally a good time to maybe take a little break from doing these in the labs some things i i think were getting a little bit redundant like oh man we got these players coming up from the g league we have covid stuff and i'm i have fatigue about that as i'm sure many of you do um so kind of a good period of time in the nba as well for us to take that little chance to refresh recharge but we are back now and we are still putting out content on the podcast feed each week uh, as you can see the list, if you're watching this on video, we had Andrew Greif on January 3rd. We dropped that episode. He informed us about the Clippers, gave us some great perspectives there. We had a very special feature interview with J. Kyle Mann from The Ringer. Shout out to him and shout out to Andrew Greif as well. Thank you both for joining the podcast with J. Kyle Mann. We talked about his video on NBA Street Volume 2, the making of that game, the history of that game, just everything that went into that game. We kind of touched, picked his brain on some of that, as well as just kind of talked NBA games with him and uh, some of his other interests with basketball. So really, really fun episode. And that dropped just this past Monday. So be sure you guys are subscribed, probably are if you're listening to this. Thank you so much if you are. Thank you for your continual support. Let's get into some topics today. And I want to start with some good news. We're not going to dwell on any COVID things. And well, I guess in in fairness, good news is there have only been two other postponements since we kind of discussed COVID as a topic. So back just before Christmas, our episode was actually titled Chaos Before Christmas because all these postponements were happening. There have only been two more since that episode. So that has actually been a positive uh, for the NBA. So I do want to give credit where credit's due. Maybe it's just you know, by happenstance, uh, just, just good luck. But in any case, there have only been 11 total postponed games. So I hope that we are out of that. And I hope we get some consistent play leading into the all-star break. But the other good news that I was leading into is we got as NBA fans, one of our favorite players back. And yes, that's right. Clay Thompson has returned to the nba he is back on the warriors he's playing about 20 minutes per night in the three games that he's played pulling up his stats here so you know 14 points per game in this limited amount of time field goal percentage down a little bit other than free throw percentage you know production down a bit but that's to be expected we can't really judge that fairly what i do like to see Uh, a big time highlight in his first game, which his debut game was against the Cavaliers, which is a big team, a team with rim protection in the East. He drove down the lane and just exploded off his left foot for a dunk. Uh, I forgive me. I can't remember who he dunked over, but he was aggressive. He took it to the rim, just basically posterized uh, this, this player. So, Good signs so far from Klay Thompson. I know he was rested in their Friday night game tonight's game uh, just to kind of do some load management, I guess, for him. So, but the good news is he's back. All things seem to be going well with that. Next, I want to talk about just look at initial all-star vote getters. Not a whole lot of surprises on this list. And we'll transition pretty quickly into MVP talk after this topic. But you can see the leading vote-getter was Steph Curry, followed by LeBron James, followed by Kevin Durant, and then Giannis Antetokounmpo was the fourth leading vote-getter. So, um, again, not very many surprising things about this list some things you can tell about likability of certain players as always comes into Since this is his fan vote but you look and you see that clay thompson has already surpassed devin booker he's clay thompson has only played three games as we just mentioned he already leads devin booker by over a hundred thousand votes in spite of phoenix you know being one of the top teams um, can't remember if they're one or two. They are the the top team. Forgive me. They are number one right now. Uh, Warriors just behind them. And uh, obviously Devin Booker has, has been around this whole season. So that's kind of one of the funny things that we see each year on this all-star list that, that I kind of keep an eye on is a lot of this is showing likability of the players. Um, you see, Another example of that in where Carmelo Anthony falls on this list. I mean, you know, Carmelo Anthony, this is not to be disrespectful or anything like that, but at this stage in his career should not be on the top 10 in terms of an all-star list, but he is a big star in this league. um, And people love Carmelo Anthony. He is above Carl Anthony Towns at seventh in the front court on the West side of things there, a little bit surprised that Rudy Gobert is as low as he is at ninth in the front court uh, in the West. But you know that may just be smaller market with the Utah Jazz not getting as as much credit there. Um, also surprised that DeAndre Ayton is tenth, right below Rudy Gobert, the last person displayed um, in that front court for the west uh and also look how high andrew wiggins is third on again the front court in the west all pretty surprising um beyond that i i don't think there's uh too much to discuss here look you see like Lamar- lamarcus aldridge who was retired last season from medical retirement but was a former all-star he sneaks in there at 10th um, in the front court on the east, uh, shout out to Miles Bridges for making top 10 on the front court of the east. That Charlotte team, very fun to watch. That has been an early season prediction that just about everyone who has an interest in basketball is making that, um, that did come to fruition. I mean, Charlotte was fun last year, they're even more fun this year as they grow up and, um, learn to play with each other. Um, So that's about all I have to say right now with all-star voting. I do want to get Justin's thoughts on this in the future. So let's move ahead and talk about the MVP ladder. Um, The NBA.com has the Kia MVP ladder where it's just a power ranking, essentially, of the top NBA MVP candidates. Right now, Giannis tops their list at number one. At number two, they have Jokic, three, KD, four, Joel Embiid, five, DeMar DeRozan, and six, Steph Curry. I think the biggest shocker, at least in terms of the start of the season, with the controversy around the DeMar DeRozan move, I think everyone gave the Bulls credit for being aggressive, but nobody would have predicted that Demar Derozan would have been a top five MVP candidate, and he can say now that he has been. Regardless of what happens the remainder of season, he was a top five candidate at one point in this season. I think that's a big accomplishment for him, a big testament for what the Bulls have been able to do this season. So definitely credit where credit is due. They've they've shocked people. Uh, I would rank my all my MVP tier rankings. Some of you might think I'm crazy for placing it this way, but when you think of value to the team uh, along with team needs, what, what the teams have struggled with so far this season. So I I don't think it's incorrect to think Giannis and um, KD especially would be the, the top two guys given the competition in the East and basically yeah whichever of those teams comes out on top in the east it makes sense that their star would be an all-star player but in terms of actual like need and value for that team to be successful right now combined with uh, a little bit of statistics you look at jokic's numbers at 25 points per game just over 25 points per game and 14 rebounds given the injuries on that team they have not had jamal murray yet Michael Porter Jr. going out with that knee injury. They are sixth in the West, which is pretty low. They would have to climb the rankings a little bit for them to have, uh, for Jokic to be seriously considered for the MVP. But I think there's a good case for Jokic repeating as the MVP. Now, realistically, I don't think that will happen. But at this point in the season, I would want to give him the nod as my number one. Number two, given all the success they've had, it's, it's a little bit um, statistically less of an argument compared to like a Jokic or especially a Giannis. But I would also like to give a shout out to Steph Curry at this point in the season with how the Warriors have been a pleasant surprise in, in the league and the standings. We're going to talk about the standings in just a minute here. KD, I have at number three. He was my pick for MVP at the start of the season. If you listen to our season preview, you'll remember that. Um, for number four, I would have Giannis. Honestly, that's probably too low, but that's where I would have him right now in terms of my rankings. I Bulls and Heat are one and two in the East. It's hard to imagine that holding um, against the Brooklyn Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks. So I definitely think Giannis will climb above that. And B, I have to give a shout out at number five, and then DeRozan at number six. So that's how my views would slightly differ from their ladder. Basically, same players in different order. I think had John Morant not missed the amount of time that he did early in the season and the Grizzlies not having gone on that win streak without him, he would definitely also have consideration in his top five, just given how they have shocked the league being third in the West right now. So I I thought it would be fun at this point for this episode with us being about halfway through the season. I wanted to review with you guys just kind of my hilarious tier list from the start of the season, and show you how that compares to how things have stacked up in the league i don't mind sharing with you guys that my standings as i projected them months back in that video you may have checked out on our youtube channel um yeah our our standings are very different than my tier list so let me pull this up in my notebook and let's get going let's actually start with the east so right now Uh, just to quickly go through the top eight, and you'll be able to see that on the screen if if you're watching the video later. Uh, Bulls, Heat, Nets, Bucks, 76ers at number six, the Cavaliers, seven, the Hornets, and eight, the Wizards. So there's your East as it stands right now. My tier list when we started the season, one, Nets, not bad, could still happen. Two Bucks, also not bad. Three Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta. Now, I don't feel too bad about this. Everyone's surprised about this, but Atlanta is at 12th right now, sitting with a record of 17 and 23. And everyone is wondering what happened. How come you guys have not taken the next step? How come you guys are not top four in the East right now? But yeah, Atlanta, I had at three. They are at 12th. Um, Four Boston Celtics. Ouch, what's going on? What's going on with those two? We've talked about that in recent episodes, recent interviews with guests. Do they have the right two stars? Can these guys figure it out? Is it just a matter of more time? These guys have been through the playoffs a lot together. They are sitting at 11th right now. I have them at fourth. The Knicks and number five. Ouch, they are in 10th. Um. Yeah, they they have fallen. I probably should have seen that coming, but to no avail. Sixers, I had at sixth. They're at fifth right now. I don't feel too bad about that. Miami at seven. Tyler Hero has really stepped up um, and, and has played great this season, has been the spark that they've needed. Kyle Lowry, I think, as well, was a good, solid addition. I don't know, long-term how the heat are going to look in the next two, three years. But this season I have to give credit where credit's due. It's, it's working out. I thought they would have more injury issues, more resting issues, things like that. Hasn't been the case as you can see, they're sitting in second. I had them at seventh. bulls. I had at eight. They are first in the East that again, that's not one where I feel terrible about Um, my pick there. Um, The bulls have been solid. Um, and their moves this off season, uh, have meshed a lot better together than the experts, uh, the, the vast majority of experts anyway, that I listen to and read, uh, had thought, um, would turn out. Um, let's see some other surprises, the Pacers. So getting into play in game category, I had the Pacers at ninth. They're 13th. I, I just thought things would go better with Rick Carlisle, um, and, and they just haven't. They they need some big roster changes. 10th, I had the Wizards. They have been surprising. I was the only one in our season preview panel, if if I can do one thing to pat myself on the back. Uh, I was the only one who picked the Wizards to make the playing game. We'll see if they can hold on to that or if they'll continue... Kind of this gradual slide that they've been on in the past month or so. Um, of course, Bradley Beal has missed some time on COVID protocol, things like that. Um, but I was the only one on our panel who had the Wizards as a playing team. I hope they prove me right. Um, it's my own bias, but also I think the Wizards are a, a sneaky fun team. So those are the main I guess surprises. The Hornets have also outperformed. They've performed better. I had them out of the playing game this year. I thought they might take a step back from being kind of this cute up and coming darling team last year. No, they've improved. Um, Cavaliers have also surprised everyone. So let's move into the West and see how things have compared there. Um, The Phoenix Suns are at number one. The Warriors are in second. Grizzlies in third, really not that far behind the Warriors either. Uh, Two games back behind the Warriors. Jazz in fourth. Mavericks in fifth. Nuggets in sixth. Lakers in seventh. Clippers in eighth. So now comparing to my tier list that I have written down here, I had the jazz at number one. I thought they were going to be a regular season force again, like they were last year. They're sitting in fourth, So that's not terrible nuggets. I had in number two. They, they have disappointed, uh, even outside of the injury concerns they had, uh, they have had throughout the season, still been a little bit of a letdown this year, in spite of Jokic playing amazing basketball. So, The Nuggets, a bit of a disappointment there. Suns, I had in third. They're in first. Slide over performance there. Um, Not too big of a surprise given how they did last year. I just didn't... With the age of Chris Paul, um, some injury concerns potentially there. I took my chances with them at third. Thought the Jazz and the Nuggets would uh, basically out-try them during the regular season. Lakers at fourth. Um, yeah, the, the Russell Westbrook experiment has not been a great fit. Um, I did predict at the start of the season that the Lakers would not make it out of the West, uh, for sure. I said, lock that in. And that does seem like it's going to be the case. Um, it's never all that smart to bet against LeBron making the finals, but I do feel pretty confident at about that at this point, unless we see some drastic changes in the second half of the season. Uh, the Mavericks I had at fifth and they are at fifth. So even though we've talked about on the podcast, Luca being somewhat of a disappointment this season, the Mavericks are actually right where I had projected them to be in my tier rankings. Warriors I had at sixth, which when I made that pick, I I was honestly wondering, am I picking a little bit too high here for the Warriors? No. No. Not at all. Not at all. They have outperformed that for sure. First kind of bigger disappointment would be I had the Blazers at seventh and we know the Lakers are at seventh. Um, The Blazers right now are in 10th, just hanging on for dear life. But this is where the records in the in the West really drop off. So at ninth, the Timberwolves are 20 and 22. At 10th are the trailblazers at 16 and 25. So we'll see. It's, it's really in doubt if they're going to be able to hold on to that last play in spot. Um, and then at eighth, I had the Clippers. The Clippers were actually really outperforming that expectation until Paul George, um, sustained his injury and they started their slide over, over the last month and a half. Um, so Clippers actually match where I had them at this point. We'll see. It it will be interesting to see if they continue um, pushing for that playoff spot. Or if we see like a little bit more of like a youth development, get in the lottery, kind of uh, move from the Clippers. But, um, and you know what? I don't know off the top of my head, their draft pick status. So they might not even be wise to do that. Um, at ninth, I had the Grizzlies. They've shocked everyone being in third. Uh, they are on an 11 game win streak. They also set the record. We talked about this, um, about a month ago, they set the record for the biggest blowout victory. They set that against the thunder. Um, so the Grizzlies have, have done a lot of things and they did that without Ja Morant. For that blowout win. So the Grizzlies surprise team of the year at this point, I, um, and there are a lot of surprise teams, but I think the Grizzlies ascending to top three, man, I don't know. I mean, that's certainly more impressive than anyone in the top six in the West. And I I think the only other argument would be the bulls being first in the East, uh, is definitely a contender to that. But I don't know. Um, in my tier list rankings, I had Minnesota at 10th and they are at ninth in the current standings. And really, I can't take credit for that at all. I have to give a shout out to friend of the show, a frequent guest of the show, Alan Munsler. Uh, you guys can follow him on Twitter if you want some great basketball and comic book opinions. Uh, he he really felt confident about the Timberwolves in our preseason preview, and so I said, "You know what, Alan? You believe this so much, I think, and you backed it with good information about their new coaching staff." And you know, I wouldn't say the Timberwolves have been lighting the world on fire, but. It does look like they are poised to make a play-in game. So there's a comparison there. There were a lot of big differences from what I thought at the start of the year, not that long ago, just back in October, and how things have shaken out. So it has been a very surprising NBA season to this point, no doubt. It feels like it is still anybody's season really um, in... The East. It feels like there are still uh, a lot of teams who could surprise in the West as well. So it, it feels like it's kind of between Brooklyn and the Bucks, still of Milwaukee. Uh, Bucks, of course, being the defending champions. But there are teams like I. I don't think the Bulls match up great with a lot of the top contenders in the East. The Heat. As they're playing now, as they've surprised and the experience that they have, they could be problematic. So potential spoiler there. And we'll see what the Sixers do. Other than that, it definitely still looks like Nets bucks. And they're still developing storylines with those teams too. Like is Kyrie coming back strong? Um, You know, he, he's been able to play now a little bit is kind of recent news since we last talked. we'll have more on that down the road uh but right now that's how the the standings stand (laughs) for lack of a better way to put that at the halfway point of the season guys let me know in the comments what your surprise team has been in the standings um Last thing I want to cover just really quickly, and uh, I do want to get out of here soon because we're almost at 30 minutes, and I was planning on going 20 minutes. Last thing I want to discuss is the team, my team, that I follow on NBA League Pass that has been really a, a pretty big disappointment over the last month. Some of that has been injuries. Some of that has been various things. Some of that has been on-the-court drama. Some of that has been COVID-testing drama. Some of that's been locker room drama, but that's the Houston Rockets. And last week, there was an incident with a broadcaster that seemed like a big misunderstanding uh, and a, a pretty big gaffe on his part. We won't get into that. You can look it up for yourself. But there was also an instance that is alarming to me as a fan of this team where Kevin Porter Jr. left a game at halftime just... Uh, apparently um and if someone has more details on this if they've come out now i I apologize for not knowing them but apparently uh there was some scrutiny of some play as coaches often do at halftime you know they're going to let you know mistakes you've made things you've done well maybe things that you need to improve on criticism fell on kevin porter jr and he left the game and I've, look, this team is really young, so you expect a little bit more volatility. Kevin Porter Jr. is young. Unfortunately, with Kevin Porter Jr., there have been a few instances that have been like very mo- emotional in locker rooms for him. There was an instance where someone... um Uh, Forgive me. I can't remember the exact details of the story, but his locker was moved to a different location. I believe for another player coming in while he was in Cleveland. And this was a big issue. Um, So very volatile, very emotional. I've been rooting all season long. Kevin Porter jr. Has been kind of trying to figure out the point guard position and if he can be a point guard in this league. And now I just think, honestly, if I am the Rockets, this leaving the game at halftime is a, a very concerning thing. And that's not to say that I'm totally like selling Kevin Porter Jr.'s stock. I, I think he's super talented. But that is to say that uh, I don't think, and, and also with, you know, drama that's gone on with Christian Wood, drama that's gone on from, but basically, I mean, those are the two guys that talent-wise are supposed to be the leaders of this team. Uh, basically, all all I would say as Rockets GM, which should be the case anyway, given the record at, <laughs> you can see the bottom of the West here, is nobody's a lock on this roster. And I think uh, it's not out of the question, you know, this this next year with the draft picks that we have, if we get a point guard out of the draft. I I wouldn't have any questions or concerns about that. And I want to see Kevin Porter jr. And all these players competing for their spot on the roster, because we haven't done anything yet to um, absolve us from criticism. Uh, So I I think it's unfortunate that that drama has gone on. Certainly. I hope it, it does seem like, you know, later that week he, he comes back and hits a game winner against Washington, Um, it it seems like things are getting back on the right foot. Shangoon is coming back off of injury, good chemistry glue guy. It seems at at least definitely out on the court. So maybe things will get more positive. This is a very, very losing team at 12 and 31. No surprise there, but it is a fun team to watch at, at least from the games I have watched on league Pass, They can have flashes of brilliance, great highlights, great athletes on this team. So competitive in terms of compared to the rest of the league no but entertaining and fun yes and I hope that returns and uh and I hope Kevin Porter Jr can figure it out and uh become you know an all-star caliber player cuz I do think he has that level of talent but we'll see if the consistency will be there to match Anyway, we're over 30 minutes now. I appreciate you guys watching, tuning in, listening to this later on the podcast feed. We will have more great interviews coming, more breaking news segments, things like that throughout the rest of the season. We have not very long until the All-Star Game hits, not very long until the trade deadline, which coincides with that. So there will be a lot more to talk about, and we're, as always, going to have the great interviews that Justin uh, books for us. Shout out to my co-host, Justin, and thank you for all you do. You guys take care. Have a great weekend. Thank you so much again. Peace. I'm out.